Welcome to Season 5 of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and genomic specialist. I invite you to sit back, grab your favorite beverage or cup of coffee, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I'm your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and we've got uh, a show today. This is more for providers. We're going to be talking with Dr. Stewart about some of the new panels for GX Sciences. He's come out with 13 new panels it's releasing, and uh, there's two that are, are really um, fascinating, I find, and a lot very popular, I think, will be the Neurological and Psych panel. And then we also have the chronic pain panel, which I know Dr. Stewart sees a lot of patients with that. Hi, Dr. Stewart. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great today, Kara. Any uh, fun cases that's come across le- uh, lately? All of my cases are all interesting. My- <laughs> I know I never they get are. an easy. I never get an easy patient. I know. Nobody just <laughs> walks in and has got a sore throat, right? No. No. Well, you know, we did a previous episode, and we explained what GX Sciences was up to, formerly Genomics Nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, you... Went to a 26 panel, 55, now to 13 panels. Um, still with the cheek swab that you can choose for the patient that's in front of you. Right. And we covered the inflammatory, uh, I'm sorry, the immune autoimmune panel last time and the methylation foundation. Kind of give right. us a quick recap on those. Well, the methylation foundation is a wellness panel. This basically, you know, takes into account methylation and mitochondrial mm-hmm. and vitamin D we just threw in there for a good, for a good measure. But basically that's... You know, basically all cars, with the exception of electric cars, need gas, oil, and a good battery. Right. And and vitamin D is washer fluid. It's nice to have washer fluid. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. But the long and the short of it is if we don't have those simple things, no matter how beautiful our car is, it's not going to run right. Right. So that's why we called it Methylation Foundation Wellness. Because that's for everybody who is just seeking wellness because you always want a full tank of gas. You always want your oil nice and fresh and clean. Right. And you want a great battery. And, and a lot of people are sick because they don't methylate, correct? Right. And so, you know, there's lots of different um, concepts, but we just wanted to make that short, sweet, and simple. Okay. And, you know. 21 con- genes. 21 genes. That is just something. And the idea is to make this all affordable. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to divide up this now this uh, monster that's becoming nutrigenomics because if you saw all the emails I get about people who, oh, can you add this one because I saw it was important, right. you know, <laughs> and and the answer is sure, we can look at it. But, you know, the whole idea is if we started doing that, we'd hand you 400 genes. And it's got to make sense clinically. Well, it's got to make sense clinically. It's got to be important enough and besides just one person. and. You know, the problem is when you go to functional medicine conferences, the PhDs who are doing this work jump up there and talk about what they're doing. Right. And to them, that's the most important thing in the world. But that's their study. Is that does that the most important thing to the world, to the patient population? No. Well, the answer is sometimes yes. Well, yeah, you have to have the PhDs to bring you the research. I tell everybody I did not do any of this research. Thank God for those guys. Right. But I, I am a master assimilator. Yes. Is what I am. You assimilated 13 panels and 120 genes. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive, I have to say. Well, we got a lot, a lot of long ways to go. Right. And you're always evolving. I call this the evolution of nutrigenomics and genetics sure. because that's what it is. It's always going to evolve. So let's talk about the neurological psych panel. I know a lot of doctors are waiting for this. Well, you know, the, the problem with neuropsych is that, um, like I tell in my conferences, that in 2015, you know, this n- neurological medicine and psychiatric medicine got turned upside down. Why? And that was because um, what happened is we finally figured out how to do a PET scan 
and label a microglia. Now, microglia is an immune cell of the brain. It's a T cell of the brain. And those microglia are the cause of inflammation. And we knew they were involved in certain disease processes like bad ones, Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, Lou Gehrig's. We knew there was inflammation involved, right. multiple sclerosis. Right. Um, but nobody really understood the extent of it. I kind of had a suspicion it was way bigger, and I've always preached that. Right. Uh, but what happened is when they started looking at anxiety, mild depression, my uh, bipolar for sure, um, mild sleep disorders, ADD, they found inflammation in everybody. Course. Okay. Well, you say, of course, now, but that right. was a big deal. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so all of a sudden, we weren't just dealing with neurotransmitter control, which is what everybody was doing for neurological and psych. Mm -hmm. We were really dealing with inflammation and neurotransmitters. And, and you're talking of inflammation of the brain. Of the brain. Which you know itself. well. Okay. okay. And we could see it because we'd have tests that check the cochlea. Um, we knew in the macula it was a problem. So we knew these neurological components could have a lot of inflammation because we saw them all the time, and we saw that since the late 90s. But now everybody kind of bought in because here was this PET scan showing inflammation. And I checked the other day, and there's over 300. Now there's over 300 papers on that wow. form of PET scanning checking inflammation in the brain, and everybody's And all so it's, up. it's linked now to all those diseases that you well, just— not as much as I wish. Right. But, yes, the research is there. It's getting there. Okay, but you got to convince the doctors. Right. Okay. So in the neuro panel, um, you know, what it's really about is if I handed you a 55 gene, looking at somebody across from you and saying, okay, which one of these really apply to the person who's talking to me, it's kind of hard. Because okay. if you talk, like I said, if you're talking to a lupus patient or you're talking to a migraine patient, it's kind of hard to tell the difference right. of what you really need to look at. So we wanted to simplify it. So in, in the neuro panel, what we have is we have neuroinflammation, mm -hmm. which is basically... Um, how, how aggressive are the microglia um, at turning on and turning off? And so there are some people that are just extensively um, mutated mm -hmm. to be very highly inflammatory. And those people have moods that flux and have symptoms like the people that have migraines every week right. or have migraines for nine days. Oh. Do you understand? Yes, um, or, <laughs> or have MS. Do you mm -hmm. understand? Those people have enormously abnormal microglial control. Okay. They just cannot control. Once those things are turned on, they just cannot turn them off. Right. So the first section, which is about 11 genes, is really about do we have a patient that's like that? How do we need to assist that patient? Do we need to go in there and shut those microglia down? Nutritionally. Nutritionally. Okay. And what we're talking about here is everything from prescription low-dose naltrexone to PEA mm -hmm. to um, CBD oil, um, fish oils. We do anything we can to shut down inflammation. Yeah, PEA okay. I know has been a very big, uh, big, okay. we also, big savior for a lot of people. We also say, listen, many people have figured it out that a lower inflammatory diet when you, when it's critical. Right. You know, so we want to you know know who needs that and who doesn't because we can't treat everybody with migraines the same. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? And then the second part is autophagy. Autophagy is brand new for most doctors. Um, won the Nobel Prize in 2016. We know it's involved in almost all major progressive elderly neurological diseases. Okay. And in fact, we have uh, on our panel, we have three for Parkinson's, which are different parts of Parkinson's. There's all different types of Parkinson's diseases, and most people don't even know that. Right. So we have three for Parkinson's. We have three for autophagy, which basically tells us how well you make the little pockets and clean garbage out of cells. 
Um, we also have one, the ones for, for Alzheimer's, APOE. Mm-hmm. And we also have Smurf 1, which uh, is basically just another control of how we handle autophagy processes. So we need to know how aggressively do we need to help you with your autophagy. Do we need a prescription medicine to help you if you're severe right. enough? Do we need decairo-inositol, uh, metabolic enhancer? Do we need NAS enhancer? Do we need to pull out all the stops? Right. So the whole idea is what most people don't want to do is they don't want to walk in here with Alzheimer's. When their memory starts right. going, they want to stop it in its tracks and reverse it. Well, as okay. I've said before, I have, we have young people that come in and say, oh, my grandmother just got diagnosed. I don't want to get it. What can I do now? Would right. this be an appropriate panel to choose for Absolutely. that patient if they're concerned? Absolutely. Okay. Along with That's the methyl- good to know. Along with the Methylation Foundation. Right. Okay. And then what we have is we have glutathione and detoxification. Chemicals play a huge role. Right. And in the glutathione system... We have the CTH mutation. We have the AHCY, which tell us about um, the interruption of methionine's conversion to cysteine. Mm-hmm. And so we we know whether we need to put that person on NAC or NAC. Okay. Um, we also then have the forms of glutathione that can impact the nervous system. Right. Okay, versus the forms that it can fact, impact the gut, which are completely different. Do you understand? Right. But that's the GSTM3 and whether we need glutathione IVs or suppositories or oral glutathione and how are we going to help these people minimize their inflammation and maximize their nutritional health? Well, because everybody, um, at least in the provider world, glutathione is is just all there. Everybody's like glutathione, glutathione, but why waste your, it's very expensive. So if you have good glutathione, you don't need to waste your money, correct? That's correct. Okay. And then lastly of all, we have neurotransmitters. Right. Because I can tell you that in almost all progressive neurological diseases, GAD1 plays a huge mm-hmm. role. The glutamate over overstimulation of the nervous system is a horrible problem and as just um, very prevalent through the literature now. So, yeah, we have a whole show on GAD1. <laughs> right. And so it's just we want to know whether we need to calm your glutamate and Luckily, we're getting more and more ways to calm the glutamate. Um, we also want to know, can we help your GABA? How do we keep your a nervous system from overworking itself? Because right. most people, the, the worse the nervous system um, becomes, the harder it tries to work and the more it wears itself out. You know, and you mentioned GABA. It's the correct form of GABA. Correct. Whether you need the betel phenyl or regular GABA is okay. That's correct. And so what we're trying to do is make it short, sweet, and simple, and answer the major questions for that patient without confusing them with a whole lot of other stuff. Because the problem is that patient walked in the door for a neurological problem. Right. Okay. Now, if you find out their gut's an issue, we have a minor gastrointestinal panel over here. Okay. Okay. But it doesn't mean gut's an issue with everybody. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. So the whole idea is you can choose whatever you want, or you can actually work on this first. And then you can get another panel and work on that. Right. Get another panel and work on that because a lot of times cost is prohibitive. When we get to this 110, 150 genes is where we're headed. Right. And I'm telling you to be early next year with 150. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to know how to compartmentalize it and not overwhelm the patient. So tell me. Much it, less the practitioner. Yes. And the one thing that's it's great about the report is the laboratory recommendations. Absolutely. It doesn't mean you have to do a full lab workup, but these are the key. These are the varies. ones that, that, that I see fit. And this, you know, this is open in architecture. So, you know, what we're interested in is if a provider calls us up and has a great reason to put this in there, we'll just go in there and put it in. Yeah, if, if it makes sense. If it makes sense. And what you also know with our 
new lab, we're also going to be offering um, microplasma testing, which basically where we have ways you can either do a pen pick or a pen prick Mm -hmm. (laughs) or do a little um, painless uh, blood Blood draw, draw. uh, plasma draw from your shoulder. And we'll be able to do some of these labs, which you can actually send directly to the patient. That would be nice. For low cost. All in, like all in but key is for low cost. Right. Low okay. cost. So that's, that, you know, that's the neuropsych panel. That's that's really what we designed it for. Give us just some conditions that would people would come in. I know you mentioned Alzheimer's, dementia. Dementia, Alzheimer's, Lou Gehrig's, uh, Parkinson's. Would this be ADD, ADHD? ADHD. Well, yes, for the most part. Right. ADD, ADHD, um, multiple sclerosis. Um, migraines, uh, uh, chronic headaches, you know, depression, depression, anxiety. That's why it's called the psych, all the psychiatric bipolar, et cetera. Okay. That's good to know because I think that question is Anything that falls in the neurological or psychiatric realm. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to get to the next panel, um, that I, that we're, that's coming out and, um, that one's the chronic pain. Yes. That's, you know, go ahead and tell us all the things that fall under chronic pain. Well, um, probably the most disturbing is actually um, chronic pain syndromes like RSD, fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Those are just becoming ridiculously prevalent. Why, people, why, why do you oh, think that there's is? there's a lot of discussion over that. Environmental, right. the amount of stress. Uh, I personally think, uh, well, some of these vaccines that we're being a little bit liberal with, like the, the varicella vaccine. Right. You know, varicella does infect nerves, and it's a live vaccine, so... I don't really know for sure. Uh, You know, I'm completely speculating here. Right. Uh, Of course, I have my opinions. Um, And really, I think that uh, obviously that we live in a much more toxic, challenging environment. We're getting less sleep. Um, Poor poor quality food. There's just lots of things going on. And obviously, I don't have all the answers to that. But those are my personal feelings. Um, So I stay away from the causation as much because people come to me to get fixed. Right. So you got and I would recommend staying there because when you start putting yourself out there to causation, you get into a lot of political arguments. Right, we're not here for that. That's well, we're I, just, here to get I don't people have time well. for that. Yeah, you know. So what we're dealing with chronic pain, we obviously know there's two types of pain. There's acute uh, opiate responsive pain, which is what we see post surgically when we when we have trauma, et cetera, nerves, and obviously as surgeons we create trauma. Um, then we have inflammatory pain, mm-hmm. and then we have this nebulous pain that involves all the other receptors. Oh. So basically we have five types of pain receptors. We have acute pain. We have vibration receptors in our sensory nerves. We have stretch receptors. We have pain, uh, uh, temperature receptors. Mm-hmm. And then we have basically um, um, proprioceptive receptors. Okay. Okay. And so you'll see the different types of pain syndromes involve different types of nerves. Some people have burning pain. Right. Some people have uh, shooting pains. Some Mm -hmm. people have hot and cold sensitivity. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Now, when you deal with those types of pains versus acute pain, these are inflammation. Okay. means inflammation is affecting some of those fibers and not affecting others. Okay. Okay. And this is sensory medicine, meaning these are the nerves that go to the brain. Not motor, which is a lot to do with neuro. Okay. Okay, like Lou Gehrig's disease. I can't move my body anymore. Right. This is sensory. And so it's very hard to see. Uh, we have techniques to see it in my office, which most doctors don't, and that's looking at the sensory organs like the cochlea. Right. Um, and so we want to be specific on pain itself. because So what we have is we have all the inflammatory markers, both okay. the on switches and the off switches. 
And that does now include interleukin-6. Interleukin-6 is a big player. Okay. And so we had interleukin-5, interleukin-6, interleukin-13, the innate immune system. This is kind of familiar if you're a 55er, okay? And the off switch is to tell us whether we need to help the inflammation control in that patient. Okay. okay? Then we have chemical detoxification because many people who have been on chronic pain have been taking all types of medicines, Mm-hmm. And medicines are chemicals too. And so it depends on how well they're able to clear it because those right. medicines literally can poison your mitochondria. They can poison your cells. And so we have the CTH, the HCY, and the forms of glutathione to see if we need to uh, go in there. And obviously this will handle chemical environmental toxins too. Right. So we see a lot of pain from West Texas where the oil fields are. And so do we need to get you some glutathione therapy to get rid of these chemical toxins that are interrupting our ability to come out of the hole? All right. Okay. Then we have the neurotransmitters and pain control section, and that really handles the COMT, the GADs, because mm-hmm. remember a GAD1 mutation, which where there's more glutamate, makes all nerves more sensitive. So if you have pain, it takes your pain and pushes it up Right. because the nerve is extra stimulated. So sometimes just coming in and... And blocking that glutamate down will take them from an eight pain every day to a three. Right, you right. You understand? And then we have the OPRM and the ABCB1, and those actually tell us, are you need more pain medicine or less? Right. You know, this is extremely important to me because I always struggled after surgeries getting in control of my pain. So right. I'm very interested to see my results there. Sure. And those are pharmacogenetic markers. But, right. you know, these are things just to help us guide so that we know. And we'll also use those in the pre-surgical panels later too. Right. There is a pre-surgical panel that's uh, also um, part of the GX sciences. And so those are really what we're about. How do we get these people in control um, from their pain situation? Right. Okay. So this is a smaller panel. It's about 20 SNPs. Okay. But it's very targeted, very beneficial. And, you know, it's really the questions that I'm asking myself when when I see a patient. Dr. Stewart, you know, so getting um, along with the chronic pain, the lifestyle recommendations, you know, right. so how, how did you come up with those? Well, basically, if you have too much inflammation, you want to go to a more inflammatory diet. A lot of people, um, when they're in chronic pain, they, they eat. Right. I'm in chronic Makes pain. Makes feel and, better. <laughs> and some of those, I mean, I'm one of those. So right. I'm a stress eater. And so the thing is, what most people don't understand is a lot of that crap food that makes you feel better because it actually makes opiates. Gluten and casein make opiates. That's why it makes you feel good. That's why it makes you feel good. But those are also highly inflammatory, so they can be contributing to your chronic pain episode. Oh, gosh. Do you understand? Yeah. And so we have to have lifestyle changes. We have to have maximization of of some of the laboratories. And we also want to make sure that... Um, we make patients understand about how sensitive their body is to opiates because there's no person that wants to be on opiates. No. Now, but you of, do want to be able. You want to be able to function. Well, I want to be able. What was helpful with me with PGX, the pharmacogenetics, I took it to my back surgeon, and he believed me that right. I needed a higher dose of pain medication. Right. Because he then would th- think I was a drug seeker. Well, the thing is, ultimately, everybody wants off of them. Right. Okay. And so we'll be able to tell these people how easily it'll be for us to get them off. Okay. Um, we'll be able to guide them into therapies like um, IV ketamine, other, because a lot of the times they're treating the wrong kind of pain with the wrong, with the wrong medicine. Right. And that's because they're using opiates for the pain when it's really an inflammatory based pain. Mm, that's good to know. That's amazing. And so if we turn off the inflammation, we certainly make the pain better. 
Right. Now, we may not make it go away, but we certainly have reduced the amount of opiates they're taking and all the side effects of opiates. And now with this opiate addiction, they are cutting people off. Oh, I know that. I know that. Completely. Yeah. And so we can also, and it's not in here yet, but these are the type of things that we teach in our course. There are other methods to go about helping those people, especially if you have a GAD1. So we know ketamine transdermally can help them. Uh, We have some new medicines that are on the market um, that can calm the glutamate receptor. Um, the ProGAD pro helps them a lot. And so we're just, we're just really, really excited about being able to impact these patients more. Yeah, because I think they just go through life just dealing with the pain. Oh, and, they just completely check out from society. Right, right. I've been one of they them look, The problem is they look time. healthy. Yeah. Well, and I know that you hear a lot of wise go, I told you so. <laughs> I told yeah, you so. I wasn't exactly. lying. Exactly. You know, so they finally get some proof and some validity, which right. is great. Right. Well, Dr. Stewart, I appreciate your time today. I'm glad we got to cover two more panels. Yep. Uh, We'll just continue with these special provider shows, and uh, we'll be covering more panels uh, as they come out and um, trying to keep you up to date on new information. And I thank everybody for joining us. If you have information or questions, need information or questions, visit gxsciences.com or call 844-258-5564. If you're a provider, you can register to uh, offer nutrigenomic testing in your clinic. Thank you, everyone, and have a beautiful and blessed day. Bye-bye. This show is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. Dr. Stewart serves as the chief science officer and lead formulator for neurobiologics and advises you to consult with your own medical professional on any information given during this programming. This information is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or medical condition.